Welcome to the 17th episode of the First Take Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm Gadiel Cartagena, speaking with co-host Tyler Yarnell. Today we are talking mid to late round guys who are set to break out from their ADPs in 2020. What's up guys? First Take Fantasy here. Today we are talking breakouts or players that are just going to absolutely destroy their ADPs in 2020. And today we have special guest Michael Carbone. If you don't know him, he was on our NFC West podcast. So to kind of hear more of Carbone's thoughts, you can go to the NFC West podcast to hear some of that. And today we'll start things off with you, Carbone. So talking quarterback breakouts, who's a quarterback that you think is going to kill their ADP in 2020? Yeah, I think a prime breakout candidate in 2020 is Denver Broncos quarterback Drew Locke. Currently yes, being taken at 154. So that's early 16th round. Like almost undrafted. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we got to look at uh, recent trends and the fact that Carson Wentz, um, Patrick Mahomes, and Lamar Jackson really made that <clears throat> MVP-type jump in their second year. Um, and we look at the stats. Drew Locke had, in the few games he played, he had an over 2-to-1 touchdown-interception ratio. And in his rookie year, he actually had a better QBR and completion percentage than Wentz Mahomes and Lamar. Oh, wow. <clears throat> That's insane. And I think if you look at their draft, how they went heavy with skilled positions, drafting Jerry Judy, KJ Hamler, um, I really think that they're investing in the long term in Drew Locke. So he has a longer leash than everyone else. And with that, he's also in a division that plays the Chiefs and Raiders twice a year, and those games are always found to be high scoring. So give me Locke, definitely, to outperform the 16th round. Yeah, I I love that Locke pick. I didn't even know he was going that late. Like, uh, if any of you guys listen to Colin Cowherd, which he isn't necessarily the best, but I actually do agree with this take that someone in year two typically, like, pops, and he labeled Drew Locke as, like, his pop quarterback in 2020, and... I think it makes sense because he went four and one as a starter last year. I mean, was he great? No, but there was definitely flashes of greatness in his game. And the team around him just got so much better. Offensive line got better. Wide receivers got better. I mean, Noah Fant's going to get a year older. So is Cortland Sutton. I mean, the team as a whole just got good. Like the Broncos look like a good football team going into 2020. So I could definitely see Locke kind of being the catalyst for them to be a really good football team. So yeah, Drew Locke, like late round flyer like that, absolutely. I think that's that's probably one of the best picks you can get as like a breakout quarterback this year. Tyler, do you have anything that could top that potentially? Yeah, you know, with Drew Locke, I, I like how uh, during the season when he was playing, he, he kind of did a good job of improvising in the pocket, kind of making something out of nothing. And uh, when you pair that with the, the weapons that they added in the offseason with KJ Hamler, Jerry Judy, along with uh, Noah Fant breakout, Sutton, um, Sutton year three. Yeah, year three. He, he, he has all the opportunity to become a QB1 this, this season, but my pick for a breakout quarterback, not necessarily a breakout, but he's still being uh, undervalued at the moment, and that's Matthew Stafford sitting at ADP Ooh. 96. We love so, Stafford. Love it. Yeah. Um, you know, he's got two vertical threats on the outside with Marvin Jones and Kenny Galladay. And Stafford, just the guy that that is not afraid to to rip it and trust his guys to make the play. And 
Uh, you pair that with Amendola in the middle, just like getting short intermediate routes. Uh, a star in the making in TJ Hawkinson at tight end. And they just added DeAndre Swift in the draft, who's a who's just a great all-around running back and will definitely help him in the receiving game. I yeah. think that even without the rushing ability, Matthew Stafford could can definitely be a QB1 in 2020. Yeah, I definitely see that. I like to compare Stafford to, like, Jameis Winston if Jameis Winston was actually good at football. Like, Stafford is fun to watch. He's always slinging it downfield. And we've seen him be productive. And I think adding DeAndre Swift is, like, a game changer for that offense because Carryon Johnson, Ty Johnson, Bo Scarborough, like, none of them are, like, electric pass catchers. And DeAndre Swift, he's probably the best pass catching back, maybe better than Theo Riddick. And Theo Riddick was a big chain mover for them. He averaged, like, almost 50 yards or 50 – catches a year and having that in this offense with the verticality of it I think it's going to be huge for them going into 2020 and um what was the ADP that you said uh Stafford has 96 96 yeah I mean he could absolutely smash that I could see him I don't know what his pace was before he got injured last year but he, I feel like he was definitely top five. Oh, he 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 was a top five quarterback in the first eight games of the season. Yeah, I know Carbone. I know you've like been like a big Stafford guy. You even bought his jersey, although you're a Packers fan. Like, tell, do you are you buying Stafford? Who would you rather have, Stafford or Locke, going into 2020? Uh, that's tough. I mean, in the beginning part of the season, definitely give me Stafford. Um, just like looking at the schedule, that he's has so many favorable matchups in the beginning. Someone that I would like to look at early potentially start the season season off right and then sell high oh I like that yeah um, buy low sell high baby buy low, low, I'd, sell probably, high. I'd probably take I'd probably take Stafford to be safe um but I don't see why I couldn't get both um yeah but, honestly yeah. those two I mean I don't even need to mention a breakout I think you guys hit the nail on the head like that's just two guys that if you pair them together you're gonna be set at the quarterback position and you'll probably be able to sell Stafford middle of the year once he's killing it and then just stick with Locke as your guy and maybe stream if Locke gets hurt or something. But, yeah, those two great, great options at the quarterback position going into 2020. So moving on from the quarterback position, which is it's a little bit boring compared to most, I want to move on to what I think is one of the most exciting positions, uh, the wide receiver position. So obviously wide receiver is incredibly deep this year. And there's a lot, a lot of depth, a lot of like 30 guys that realistically could finish as wide receiver ones. So who do you guys think are guys that are just going to absolutely smash their ADP in 2020? Uh, Tyler, we'll start with you. You know, I really like Tyler Boyd out in uh, Cincinnati. You know, you mentioned it on Instagram. He's had uh, three 1,000-yard seasons. And, you know, he, Zach Taylor came in as his, as his head coach last season, and he really had some growing pains in his first year and um they you know sucked. some of it some of it has to do with the fact that he he made his own mistakes you know he was coming from a, a quarterback's coach job maybe he wasn't ready for the head coaching job but um along with that they, they just weren't a very talented team but coming into 2020 season he can learn from his mistakes they had the first overall pick spent it on joe burrow who's a very talented quarterback i think that we can all agree with that and if he's able to create a similar scheme from uh what his what joe brady did at lsu no from um with what mcveigh did in at in la before oh yeah their offensive they, line I mean, fell that's, apart that's what they ran they ran the mcveigh system yeah but if they can run it efficiently with uh joe burrow at quarterback 
Uh, Tower Boy is going to be running the the Cooper Cup uh, position in this offense, and that could be very beneficial uh, fantasy wise. And I it, I mean he he has wide receiver one upside because of that. So I'm I'm definitely buying Tower Boyd as what is he like a wide receiver thirty one right now? Yeah, so, he's he's going like wide receiver thirty one, thirty three, something like that. Like he's going to the like eighth round almost. Yeah, it's to the point where like he's bound to be like um, surpass his ADP. Like he, he's gonna smash it. Uh, yeah, he's one of those guys where he's – it's just – he's yes, he's playing with A.J. Green now, but I think he's still going to lead the team in targets, and he's also just going to be much more efficient with less attention on him. So, like you said, if this offense gets better, then, yeah, I absolutely think Boyd is going to kill his ADP. I think he realistically could finish inside the top 20, and I don't think I'm, like, crazy for saying that. I Like, I see a path in which Boyd, more often than not, finishes inside the top 20 as opposed to outside of the top 30. So, yeah, Boyd's one of those guys that if I can get him in the eighth or ninth round of any draft I'm in, I am smashing the draft button because he's going to be good in 2020. It's just a matter of how good. But I think regardless, he'll definitely be better than his ADP right now. So moving on from Boyd, Carbone, who's one of your guys at wide receiver in 2020? Um, I think Tyler, Tyler will like this pick. I like Deontay Johnson moving into 2020. Ooh. Yes, sir. Um, he actually had a really good rookie campaign that I think flew under the radar. He led rookies in catches, um, while also posting 680 yards and he led rookies in catches. According to my sources. Yes. So, wow. That's actually, I've never heard that stat before. That's crazy. And, uh, to go along with media won't tell you that (laughs) for real. Wow. That's, that's unbelievable. Anyways, continue, continue. To go along with that, I think the return of Big Ben really will help jazz up the Pittsburgh offense because once he got hurt, they really ran like a vanilla offense trying to limit like their young quarterbacks um, play calling. And also since 2011, Big Big Ben has only attempted fewer than 500 passes in three seasons. And that was when he missed – three games in 2012, four games in 2015. And then obviously last year we only played two games. So they're definitely going to be throwing and more aggressive this year. Um, With that said, also another stat for you is that uh, Deontay Johnson led wide receivers in average separation. Um, So he's definitely making or creating space um, to get open, which is really, really shows that he's a dynamic player and a talented player with move the chains potential and Big Ben could really fall in love with him and at his ADP of 124 I think it's a no-brainer it's a no-brainer absolutely I 100% agree Tyler you are the Steelers fan in this meeting right now so or this podcast so tell me about Deontay Johnson what did Carbone miss if if anything if you know me you know I love me some Deontay Johnson I can talk about him for days I've said it before. I'll say it again. He He's literally Emmanuel Sanders 2.0, and I just see it every single time I see him on the field doing stuff. You know, he just his, – his route running at this age is just so impressive to me. And obviously there's a clear path for him to be the number two guy with Juju Smith-Schuster being the number one guy. 
after that, there's a lot of inexperience on this offense. And Deontay could, even though he, he's a second-year player, he could pose as, honestly, a veteran being that number two guy. So, you know, I love me some Deontay Johnson. Uh, Big Ben's definitely going to target him. And – And all right, and, we'll, we'll leave off with that. Um, so I, I totally agree with you, Carbone. I think Deontay Johnson is one of those guys that he's just the mix of talent and opportunity is incredible for him going into 2020. So Tyler, obviously you're a Steelers fan, Carbone, you're a Packers fan, but I think we'll get two differing takes on this. Maybe um, do you think it's possible for Deontay Johnson to be the best fantasy wide receiver on the Steelers in 2020? Uh, I definitely think so. I think there's a bunch of targets um, up for grabs in Pittsburgh. And I think Juju Juju's talented beyond belief. But I think if he's going to draw number one coverage, uh, then I think Deontay Johnson could reap many of the benefits. That's what I'm thinking as well, honestly. Tyler, your take. The question I have with him is with touchdowns, because Eric Ebron just uh, came to town. And... Um, I don't know where that stands. However, I think he has potential to be almost double-digit catches. Okay, so, yeah, I, I actually agree with you there because it's, it's going to be hard for Deontay Johnson to score touchdowns because, I mean, you have Ebron, Washington, Claypool, McDonald, Juju. So maybe not best fantasy receiver, uh, leading the team in total yards. That, that's definitely possible for him. I don't think that it's going to happen, but it's definitely possible. I'd give him, like, a pretty solid odds on that. So, you know, I, I mean, I, I love Deontay. Along with that, you know, he, he could be a red zone guy. Who knows? Like, he, they, they just had Mason Rudolph at quarterback for the whole season and Duck Hodges. So, neither of them would really trust him um, inside the red zone. Yeah. Maybe Big Ben. Big Ben's just willing to sling it regardless. So, he could be looking for him. Yeah, but he also but likes Juju. You... So when you look at like typical like red zone guys, obviously Deontay Johnson doesn't fit that mold because he's what like five ten, five eleven, one eighty five. I mean, you have some seriously big wide receivers on this team. You have Claypool, Juju, James Washington, all over two hundred pounds. Uh, Eric Ebron, Vance McDonald, not to mention James Conner. And the Steelers also just like to run the ball in the red zone. But yeah, Deontay Johnson, like one of the best values going into twenty twenty. I think playing that X receiver role for Big Ben is going to be huge. I mean, we've seen countless guys succeed in that role. Manuel Sanders, Mike Wallace, Antonio Holmes, Antonio Brown. It, the list just goes. And it, that's because Big Ben is so good at getting those guys the ball. And Deontay Johnson, I don't think it'll be any different. I think he's a guy that could easily finish inside the top 25, top 20, if things really go his way in Pittsburgh. So one guy that is pretty much just like a Walmart version of Deontay Johnson, posted about him on Instagram this week, Anthony Miller. So we don't have to talk about him very much because it's pretty much the same thing as Deontay Johnson. Number two role in an offense. Uh, he's probably going to see over 100 targets this year. And he's just a talented player, separates. And he scored seven touchdowns his rookie year. And with Allen Robinson getting all the coverage in Chicago, I think Anthony Miller could definitely be one of those guys that really just gets the has the talent and gets the volume. So, yeah, Deontay Johnson 2.0, honestly. Both of these guys. Uh, being drafted 120 and later, Anthony Miller is going like 153 off the board right now, the 50-something wide receiver. I want to say 53 also. So, yeah, these two guys just they're, – they're small, they're, they separate, and they're talented. So, really good players going into 2020.
Yeah, I definitely like the Anthony Miller pick as well. Like you said, number two guy. And it's just – it's a little bit riskier with Miller just because of the quarterback play, Nick Foles, and the offense as a whole. So, you know, the upside's definitely there for him. And I definitely wouldn't mind taking him in my drafts. Wait, what's that? Yeah, I agree with that. Anthony Miller is a prime candidate to break out, if, especially if the Bears offense can return to the likes of 2018. Um, with that, I think he can move the chains in the middle of the field, especially with Allen Robinson having a strong year last year. Teams will look to game plan to stop him and allow Anthony Miller, who was kind of banged up last year, to, to thrive. Yeah, the, just I, I, it's the same thing as Deontay Johnson, just two players that are really flying under the radar because they haven't had that breakout yet, but they've come close to it and they've shown flashes. And I think this year, with the opportunity definitely will kill that. So moving on to running backs. So running backs are really scarce this year. People are saying just take them early, early, early. Who are some later running backs that you think could absolutely almost win you your league in 2020? Carbell, we'll start with you. Yeah, just to touch on that point, I think it's when you look at wide receiver compared to running back, you got to look at it differently because wide receiver, you can look at the guys that are just kind of haven't broken out yet and you can predict the breakout. I don't think you can really predict that with running backs. Yeah, I um, agree. So what I did, I was kind of looked down at the list and see who could, who could really have like consistent touches with like a potential injury, boosting them a little bit. Um, and I stumbled upon the number 114th ADP in James White. Um, he's not the most exciting player. Um, last year, you look at him as like a flex option. I think he kind of hovered around 10 points per week, especially in the beginning of the season. But I like with a young quarterback that'll probably look to check down. I think James White has the most defined role in that backfield, even though it is crowded. Definitely. Um, he definitely does. Absolutely. I think he, he had like 123 targets in 2018, which I don't expect him to touch again. But 95 targets last year, I think, is a fair um, place to put him there. So if you, would, if you were to get that many tar- – around 90-ish targets and put him around 70 catches, maybe 65, uh, for a 12th-round guy, I think he can be like a fringe flex um, week by week. So – in the later rounds, you really get a safe guy at a scarce position. Yeah, he's a guy, like you said, he's not like the sexiest name. Like no one's like dying to draft James White, but I'm a Patriots fan. I understand there is a ton of uncertainty at the quarterback position. So obviously you go from Tom Brady to Jarrett Stidham. You don't know what the hell is going to happen. But if Jarrett Stidham does check down a lot, and maybe he even check downs more than Tom Brady, and they play conservative, and they, they keep the running backs involved in the passing game in this offense. And by running backs, I mean James White, because he gets every target for the running back position. And, yeah, absolutely, he could kill this ADP. I mean, in, in the 12th round, it's – I don't really see any other guys that are that safe. So he's really being drafted at his floor, and he's, he's as safe as it gets. And if he scores touchdowns, falls in the end zone a couple times, maybe gets a few more carries this year with Sony Michelle already being banged up, then, yeah, he could definitely, definitely – kill it in 2020 and become a pretty strong flex option. So, yeah, I definitely agree with that. Yeah, I like like James White. It's just that there's a little bit of uncertainty going from uh, Tom Brady as your quarterback who clearly had an emphasis in getting in the ball. And along with that, you have an emerging uh, wide receiver, Nikhil Harry, 
and you already have Julian Edelman there. So there's a possibility that he'll be the number three guy in that offense. So, you know, I, I could see how he could finish as a borderline flex, but I, I just don't see the upside in him in 2020. So in those, in those late round picks, I'm more so looking for upside, but you know, he, he's a solid guy that you, you could fill in for uh, once every few weeks. Yeah. Um, so yeah, moving on from James White, one guy that I actually really love going into 2020 is it's going to sound crazy because a lot of people want to label him as a bust already. It's Ronald Jones. So Ronald Jones, he's playing for Tampa Bay. He's a Bruce Arians running back. Yes, they did draft Keyshawn Vaughn. But when you really look at things, I think Keyshawn Vaughn might be more of a compliment to Ronald Jones as opposed to the actual star in this backfield. So just a few stats on Ronald Jones. Um, he finished with 203 touches last year in 2019. And last year, no running back with 200 or more touches finished outside of the top 30. But Ronald Jones is being drafted at RB39 right now. So he's going pretty late for the type of volume that he's going to get. And not to mention, this is going to be one of the best offenses in the NFL. And Peyton Barber did leave. It is completely possible that Ronald Jones, who is also younger than Keyshawn Vaughn, do not forget that. He is younger than rookie Keyshawn Vaughn. He's still 22 years old. So Ronald Jones could expand on his 203-touch workload, maybe hit like 250, maybe 300 if he turns into a star, but I'm not going to project him for that. So I think – Two, 230 to 250 is like a safe projection for Ronald Jones. And playing in a better offense, it's going to have more positive game scripts because they don't have Jameis Winston throwing the game away. I think Ronald Jones is just a guy that he's being honestly drafted below his floor. And being that he's a pretty solid player in a talented offense, I think he's just one of those guys that's just bound to really excel on his ADP and probably finish inside the top 25 as opposed to outside of the top 40 almost, which is where he's being drafted. Yeah, I definitely like that pick, and I definitely always love a running back on a good offense, and I think you could really see some crazy numbers out of that offense this year. And uh, I think Arians will likely stick with Jones. I don't. I agree. I don't think Keyshawn Vaughn is there to really take the job. Yeah, I definitely agree with you. Uh, we, we saw flashes of the potential that Ronald Jones had, has uh, in the 2019 season, uh, whenever I think about that, I think about the Los Angeles Rams game where he broke out for a, a few big plays uh, throughout the game. So the the talent is definitely there. The question is the the attention to detail, the, the little things that um, that Ronald Jones struggles with, and that's like the pass blocking. Um, Absolutely. To a lesser con- uh, uh, extent, the the pass catching, but uh, going into year three. Uh, he, he's, he's dealt with two years where he, he's kind of uh, he struggled a little bit. So year three could be his breakout. And if it is, he could definitely provide a lot of value uh, sitting at – where's his ADP? Uh, 80s? He's going in the 10th round, 95th overall, running back 39 off the board. So, I mean, he's being drafted next to guys like, I don't know, Naheem Hines, who nothing against Naheem Hines. I like him this year, but – the ceiling is just not that high for Naheem Hines as opposed to Ronald Jones. If, if things go his way, like you're looking at a guy that could finish inside the top 20 and it, it shouldn't really serve as a shock because Tom Brady is 43 years old. They want to run the football. So I think Ronald Jones could definitely benefit from a lot of the changes that happened this off season. Yeah. Um, just to, just to uh, 
say something about Naheem Hines. He's actually going at uh, ADP 167, so I could he's just going a little bit further. But <laughs> along with okay. that, um, Naheem Hines was not the name to use there. But you get the gist. He's he yeah. he's separate from the pack of players that he's being drafted around. Probably like Tevin Coleman. But anyways, don't fact check that. We'll we'll just get past that. Um, Another thing, Tyler, your run uh, back pick in 2020. I also wanted to mention something about Ronald Jones that uh, if Bruce Aarons came out and said that he was going to run a a lot more 12 personnel this upcoming season, there's going to be their base offense. And I think that definitely benefits Ronald Jones because it shows that they're probably going to go more run centric or more run heavy than they have and, or that they, that they went last year with uh, James Winston at the helm. Considering that they do have to Brady there. Yeah, it it was a given, but it it was just good to con- get that confirmation from Bruce Arians because yeah, you really I mean, don't know what what you're getting. At this point Bruce in the Arians. offseason, the only thing I'm hoping for Bruce Arians to come out and say is Ronald Jones is going to be the guy this year because if he is, then yeah, Ronald Jones is going to look like 2016 David Johnson hot take. Uh, I, I like Ronald Jones. He's a hard runner. He's got speed. Um, he's pretty explosive going through the hole. He's north south, so a lot of good things for Ronald Jones, especially behind everything that's going on in Tampa Bay right now. But anyways, Tyler, your running back breakout in 2020. So someone that I'm looking at that's borderline going undrafted uh, lies in the area of Los Angeles, and that's Joshua Kelly. So they have three running backs there. You got Eckler, uh, Justin Jackson, and Kelly's a third guy. He's a – I think he's a rookie. Yeah, he's a rookie coming out of UCLA. And he's kind of the bruiser back in this offense because you got Justin Jackson, who's kind of uh, a bit uh, more elusive. He, he's kind of a smaller back, along with Austin Eckler. And they don't really have a bruiser besides Joshua Kelly. And we saw last season that when Melvin Gordon was was back and uh, playing on the team, they really went with a duo in there and got both running backs involved. And I think that they could trust Austin Eckler as the guy, but I don't think that they will. I think that they'll give a little bit of the load to another guy that can kind of change the pace. And I think that guy could definitely be Joshua Kelly. Absolutely. And along with that, their, their offensive line has improved a lot. One set that I want to say about Eckler is that he only had 61 carries uh, inside of the, that, that ran inside zone. So um, I think that, they definitely want someone that could run those inside runs for them. The offensive line got better. So Joshua Kelly sitting at ADP 214. I think that there's very little risk with him and you could get someone that you could, you could play uh, every once in a while. I don't know. Just, he yeah, can, get, he no, can have a role in this offense. I what you're saying with Kelly. I mean, he's a solid player. The problem with him is he was a little overweight, but he, he supposedly has lost like 15 pounds in the offseason. He's, he's looking like more of like a football player as opposed to a modern-day Eddie Lacy. So that's really good. But, um, yeah, no, I absolutely love that because when you're looking at this backfield, you have to assume like 55 to 60 to 65% of the work is going to go to Austin Eckler, which is it's understood. Eckler is a great player. But you're looking at someone who's going undrafted who's going to – potentially be able to get 35 to even 45 percent of the work in this offense um if he beats out justin jackson outright then you're looking at a guy who completely smashed his adp by default because most of these guys that go undrafted aren't even getting touches so yeah joshua kelly that, that's a great pick uh this this team is definitely going to run the ball more and he's also not a slouch catching the ball either i mean he could really fill this melvin gordon role in this offense and no one's really talking about it 
Yeah, so moving forward from the running back position, the last position we're going to talk about is tight ends. So tight end is obviously a position where if you're like me, you don't like drafting them early. You like to wait to see which tight ends really have that breakout potential. So Carbone, who's one tight end that you think being drafted in the later rounds has like great breakout potential in this year? Uh, I think Jack Doyle is an obvious candidate. Um, last year he had 72 targets, which is kind of middle of the road. Um, but he also had Eric Ebron there for 11 games. Ebron was hurt for a little bit. So Ebron gone. Um, I like I like an increase in targets for Doyle. And with Rivers in, I like he, – he's a tight end friendly quarterback, so I really like that. Um, and I kind of struggled looking at the Colts and finding a real red zone threat. So if – obviously they have Michael Pittman Jr. who just came in. Yeah, he's a rookie though. Yeah, I don't know if he can step into that role immediately. I think Rivers might look to Jack Doyle to be that guy. Definitely. And, like, an increase in targets and increase in touchdowns, I think I would be comfortable if I was guaranteed Jack Doyle in the 16th round to not pick a tight end until the 16th round. 16th – okay, that's – that's if he's going 16th round, yeah, that's literally robbery. Like Yeah, Jack- his ADP is 158 right now. Oh my God. That's crazy. Yeah. Jack Doyle, like we've been talking about him a lot. Tyler posted a video or was going to post a video on him. I'm not sure if you actually did. Um, yeah. Jack Doyle is just a little higher, yeah. but I think his ADP is 158. Yeah. Like he's almost a lock to finish inside the top 12 because he's playing with Philip Rivers. Like you said, that touchdown upside is huge. I mean, if Jack Doyle, Pro Bowler Jack Doyle, he did make the Pro Bowl one of the years in his career. So if Pro Bowler Jack Doyle gets the red zone targets in Indianapolis, which isn't going to be a bad offense, he could realistically score eight to ten touchdowns and no one's talking about it. Like, he's probably one of the safest guys that's being drafted late. And relative to where he's being drafted, he also has a high ceiling. Like, I could see Doyle finishing, like, top eight because of the volume that he's going to see. Tyler, I know you love Jack Doyle. Talk more about Pro Bowler Jack Doyle for us. Yeah, Doyle was definitely my pick, and Carbone just snatched that right off my list. But, uh, you know, I, I definitely love how Philip Rivers came in there. It's going to provide uh, a lot of fantasy appeal for me and anybody else that's interested in Jack Doyle. So I, I definitely like him as a pro bowler and a talented play, player. <laughs> <laughs> it's There's just a very crazy clear saying pro bowl Jack Doyle in the same sentence. It's actually unreal. Nothing against him. It's just not, like, what I would expect yeah. a pro board to look like. He looks like an Amish man. No, nothing against Jack Doyle, though. Like, he's, he's solid. And I, I like him as a fantasy option. It's just – there's just, like – So, yeah. along with that, there's a very clear path for him to be the number two guy in this offense. Um, like Carbone said, there's there's uh, Michael Pittman Jr. There's a lot other uh, young guys in this offense. Um, Naheem Hines out of the backfield and Paris Campbell. T.Y. Hilton is going to assume the number one role uh, as long as he's healthy. But if Jack Doyle is the number two guy, he's going to be a, a tight end one. So definitely love that pick from Carbone. Definitely looking for him in all my drafts. Yeah, he's he's a perfect, like, safe late tight end to also pair with, like, a like a Hayden Hurst, uh, one of the guys I wanted to talk about. So, Tyler, I guess you didn't have one, so I get to talk about two. So one of the guys I would love to pair Jack Doyle with. I, I, I still I have I have something on my sleeve, but okay, you can so go. Okay, I'll, so I'll start with my my main guy then. So my main guy is Tyler Higby. So right now he's going at ADP 107, tight end 12, and he's a big-bodied guy, 6'6", 250, really like a good red zone threat. 
And when you look at the stats, when the Rams switched to 12 personnel, in those six games, Tyler Higby averaged 10.3 targets, eight catches, and 90 yards a game. So he didn't score many touchdowns. He only had three touchdowns, but he also had a 28.6% red zone target share in those games. So if Tyler Higby's putting up numbers that through 16 games are literally better than Travis Kelsey and George Kittle, and he's going as the 12th tight end off the board right now, I, I absolutely love that. Like Tyler Higby, he's really just one of those guys that has top three upside, and you're getting him pretty late relative to where he should be drafted. So, yeah, I, I love me some Higby this year. Yeah, I definitely like Higby as well. You know, we, we saw the, the volume that he got last season once they went to uh, 12 personnel, and I don't think that they steer away from that this upcoming season. So, um, yeah, definitely like me some Higby. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I think I think Higby in 2020 is a safe bet. Um, I'm still a little concerned about um, the share when Gerald Everett and Higby are both on the field because I yeah. think towards the end of the year, Everett was out and really didn't get that many snaps. So I definitely think Higby should be their tight end one uh, on their depth chart and should be should continue to get the targets. Um, however, Gerald Everett always, if he shows up, he'll have, he could have like a surprise game against one team and kind of like snake you with a couple touchdowns or something. Oh, he, he definitely could. I mean, Everett's talented. That's why, uh, like Tyler said, I like that the Rams switched to 12 personnel. So previously there was only one tight end on the field. But if both of them are going to be on the field, I think Goff already kind of has that rapport with Higby. Like, he runs kind of the same routes that Cooper Cup was running. So if, if Higby's going to be getting those, like, intermediate, like, out and in-breaking routes, then, yeah, I think he's just a guy that is absolutely smet to, set to smash his ADP going into 2020. And uh, just icing on the cake, um, when asked about him on February 25th, uh, Sean McVay said he's got huge plans. So you can picture Sean McVay really red and energetic saying that like, oh yeah, I got huge plans for Higby in 2020. So if McVay has huge plans for him, he had big plans and he executed those big plans at the end of 2019. I think going into 2020 is it's going to be a big year for Higby. I could see him being one of the breakout stars at the tight end position. Yeah, so my breakout for uh, this upcoming season, it is another guy that uh, is kind of going borderline undrafted. But unlike Kelly, I think that this is a guy that could really finish in the top 12 amongst tight ends. That's Irv Smith Jr. out in Minnesota. So over the last uh, seven or eight games of the season, him and Kyle Rudolph were split uh, 280 to 279 in snaps. So it definitely demonstrated some trust from the Minnesota Vikings for him to be on the field during uh, big games. Um, he's a very athletic tight end. We saw that a lot in Alabama. He can make people miss in open field, and he's a pretty good route runner. Uh, Stephon Diggs left in the offseason, opened up 94 targets. I don't think that all those targets go to um, newcomer Justin Jefferson. And uh, Kyle Rudolph also is going to pick up the slack, but I think that – Year two of Irv Smith Jr., very talented player. Uh, I'm going to take him over Kyle Rudolph in this situation because he is the ascending player. I think that he's the more he he's more creative in the open field, and I think that 
Uh, he has a lot of upside in 2020. Yeah, I could definitely see that. I just hate Kirk Cousins and the idea of Kirk Cousins having to throw the ball to any one of my fantasy assets scares me. But I could definitely see Irv Smith breaking out. He's kind of like O.J. Howard, but honestly more elusive in the open field, also a little bit smaller. But nonetheless, a very he's an athletic freak, and he's a very talented player. So, yeah, I could definitely see Irv Smith Jr. having a pretty good season next year. I mean, they are run heavy, but they're going to need to throw the ball. That defense is not very good. And I think, yeah, Irv Smith, he's a guy that realistically could finish inside the top 12 if the volume improves the way we expect it to. Yeah, I definitely like Irv Smith over um, Kyle Rudolph. I think Kyle Rudolph's kind of – his days are numbered there. Um, I get that the targets are freed up um, with the Diggs departure, but I also am concerned about just the volume of, like, attempts, like passing attempts that the Vikings are going to attempt because yeah. last year they only attempted 444, which is pretty low, and – I'm not sure if I'm willing to take a a guy with that that many that low of attempts and also kind of sharing the same position. Yeah, that, that's a, that's a pretty good point. It's you're gonna need a lot of things to go your way for Irv Smith to really like see that breakout. But I mean, if everything goes his way, he's talented, so we can definitely see that work. Um, yeah, Irv Smith, a guy that I like. Uh, really quick, I want to touch on just the last player, Johnu Smith. So he's a tight end that Delaney Walker is gone. He's not going to be sharing the targets this year. And going at pretty much undrafted, 161, tight end 17 off the board, you have a guy that's 6'3", 250, runs a 4'5", 40. Uh, over 50% of his receiving yards came after the catch last year. So he is explosive and he does do the things that good tight ends do, which is create yards for themselves. So, yes, it's a low-volume passing offense, but he could realistically be the second target in this offense ahead of Corey Davis. And if he is in this offense, he's going to be pretty open all the time. I mean, A.J. Brown's going to see his fair share of coverage, and Derrick Henry obviously takes attention away from the defense. So, John Smith, just a name to keep an eye on. He's super athletic, and he's going to get the ball in 2020. It's just a matter of how much. But nonetheless, he's a really talented player. And going into year four, I could really see him break out and finish, honestly, inside the top 10 of tight ends in 2020. No, I agree. And I think an important point is the yards after catch. I think that's very unique at the tight end position. I think Johnny Smith can really make plays happen to the likes of George Kittle, which obviously we all <laughs> the know. Best George the best game, yeah. Elite. Yeah. Jonu Smith, get him on your team. Uh, late round tight end to target. Irv Smith Jr., I mean, if you want to gamble, he's a high-risk, high-upside guy in 2020. This wraps up our mid-to-late round breakout podcast. As always, feel free to find us on Twitter at FTFantasyFB and on Instagram at FirstTakeFantasy. If you have any feedback or topics you would like for us to discuss, social media is definitely the best way to get in touch with us. With this being a dead period in terms of NFL news, we're only going to be doing one minimum podcast per week, and that will typically be posted on Saturday afternoons. If you want to see more of our content, we'll be posting daily on Instagram with one-minute player rants that you do not want to miss.